Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. All right. So I'm going to take maybe a little bit of a different approach. We're going to go through this thing verse by verse, okay, to see what's going on. Because I want you to see a character of Jesus, how he is, and I want you to also know something about the kingdom, okay? You'll see our title for tonight is Jesus Eats with Sinners. You heard from the story. You already know. Like, you're already there. You know the end of the story. It's Matthew that he's eating with. But I want to go slowly through and point out to you just when these moments where you're like, uh, turn, okay? So that's what we're gonna do. Check out verse nine. This story is the first time that one of Jesus' 12 disciples comes to follow him, okay? When he leaves everything behind. Verse nine, as Jesus went on from there. Pause, where's there? This is a transitional phrase. So previous to this in chapter nine, Jesus is across the Sea of Galilee and he's just healed a paralytic man. You guys probably know the story. This man is on his mat. He can't walk. His friends bring him to Jesus through a roof, and Jesus heals him. He's already, Jesus has already gotten some bad press, bad attention. The Pharisees and teachers of the law are like, hmm, who forgives sins but God? And he's like, well, to show you that I can do it, get up and walk. So Jesus has just come from there to crossing the sea, and as he's walking, he comes up to this man named Matthew. Back in verse nine, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Okay, Matthew, what you need to know, he wasn't just hanging out at the tax collector's booth. Um, I think in your terms, maybe that, that would be like bad juju. It wouldn't be cool to just hang out at a tax collector's booth. Like that's not the cool thing to do. Matthew was there because he is a tax collector. Now, let's remind ourselves, what is a tax collector? Well, a tax collector would be somebody who was, is a Jew who now works for the Roman government. When I say tax collector, I know I can't see your mouths, but your mouth should be going like, hmm. Because a tax collector in this day, no one was really a big fan of them, okay? They were known for having bad consciences. They were greedy. They would go for the Roman government to get taxes from their people, right? Uh, but they were also known for like taking a little off the top for themselves so that they could make themselves rich, okay? So picture it this way. I don't know if you guys pay taxes, maybe if you have a job you do, uh, or no. Judah's like so many taxes he pays. Um, say you have $100, Brecklin, that's your tax. Uh, Matthew, or a tax collector, comes up to you and they're like, how about 150, okay? He's gonna pocket that 50. So no one likes him, okay? They're not only traitors to their own people and working for the oppressor at Rome, but they're also greedy. And so Matthew, this is who Jesus meets, one of, probably one of the most hated people in society because no one likes a tax collector. But this is who Jesus comes up to, and let's keep reading. Jesus says, follow me. Now at this point, it was normal for teachers or rabbis like Jesus to have followers. But what's different about Jesus is that other rabbis say, who's gonna, Stacy, you're gonna be my teacher. And all these girls, they're gonna be like, Stacy, would you please, I want to be a student of you, okay? Jesus is different. Jesus commands and asks people to follow him. 
And so he goes to this man, he goes to Matthew. Everyone would have been looking like, what, Matthew? And Jesus says, follow me. This follow would have been come and learn under me, come and be a student of mine. And Matthew would have been one of the last people probably anyone would have imagined would follow under a teacher because he's a tax collector and your mouth would be like, ooh, tax collector, okay. Keep going. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. Luke, the gospel writer, uh, records this in his message too, and he says that he immediately got up and left everything. This was no small thing for Matthew to get up and follow Jesus. Because I'll remind you, Matthew had a pretty good job. He made probably good money. He was pocketing some of that on his own, or he was at least getting paid for his job. And to follow Jesus for Matthew would have been a call or an invitation for him to leave the old life behind. And you can almost guarantee that if Matthew was like, man, this like being a student under this Jesus guy doesn't really work out, you can almost bet he would have no job to go back to. And because he was a traitor to his fellow people, he's not gonna have that many friends to go back to either. So this was a huge deal. This was a really incredible act of faith on Matthew's part to follow Jesus, to leave everything behind and go and listen to his teaching. So go on to verse 10. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him. And I like this because I don't know how long it was. Maybe it was immediately, maybe it wasn't immediately. I don't know how long it was that Matthew was following Jesus before he was like, hey, I'm gonna have a party. And guess who he invites? His fellow tax collectors and sinners, this group of people that you would have been like, what? And here's the thing. This is a big deal that Jesus goes to his house seat with him. And we know from two things. The first is eating with people back in this time was a lot different than us, okay? We all just sat out there and devoured some really good pulled pork sandwiches, uh, but it was different, you know? You go and sit with your friends and you're like, hey, I'm gonna sit here, we're gonna eat, we're gonna talk about the day. Back then, eating was a huge form of intimacy with someone. To sit at somebody's table was to tether your life to theirs. It was to say, hey, you get to know about me, I get to know about you. It was an approval of some sorts. And so for Jesus, this Jewish man to enter into Matthew, this tax collector, remember, it's like, we don't have tax collectors now, but when I say tax collector, I want you to be like, oh. For Jesus to enter his house and sit amongst his friends, this is a table full of people that are dishonest, that lie, maybe uh, commit adultery, maybe commit murder. These were bad people that Jesus is sitting with. And so we know it's crazy also because of what happens in the next verse. Verse 11, the Pharisees see this, okay? The Pharisees see this and they ask his disciples, hey, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? The Pharisees are this group of people that would have been experts at the law, okay? They would have been experts at interpreting the law and understanding it and making sure people followed it. So they see Jesus, this teacher who has no business eating here, and they're like, hey, 
what, what's up with your teacher? Why is he sitting around a table having fellowship with these kinds of people, okay? They, they're like, I know my Old Testament, and man, I know, like, you're not supposed to walk in step with the wicked and sit with mockers and sit, but why does your teacher eat with these people? Because for the Pharisees, they saw themselves as good, and they saw Matthew and his fellow friends as bad, and so they're like, I don't really understand what's going on. Well, Jesus Here's them talking about this. We go on. On hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. That's not hard for us to understand, right? You don't go to the doctor and say, hey, doc, thought I'd just come in for a checkup because I'm feeling actually really good, and I just wanted to sit with you and tell you, like, my gut is feeling nice, like, my back's not sore, I'm feeling really good. No, you're like, hey, I, I, my stomach hurts, my head hurts, I feel like I'm gonna fall over. And he's like, okay, healthy people don't need a doctor, but the sick do. And then he goes on and he says, but go and learn what this means. I'm gonna read that again. When I say go and learn, I need you all to go, <gasps> okay, practice it. <gasps> but go and learn what this means. This was a common phrase, okay? You shouldn't be surprised that a teacher would say this, right? Teacher to student, go and learn what this means. But the Pharisees, they're like, I already know what it means. But Jesus is like, no, go and relearn what this means. And then he quotes from Hosea, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. The prophet Hosea is talking about um, the external sacrifices that the people would do at the temple or the tabernacle but what they're getting at, this, this type of mercy, mercy is a characteristic of God. And so Jesus says to the Pharisees, okay, you think I shouldn't be sitting with these people. You think I should have nothing to do with them. I desire mercy. I desire an internal commitment. I desire an internal character transformation more than I desire sacrifices, animal sacrifices. It's a lot harder to have a change of heart than it is to just go through an external motion. And then he goes on. He says, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, for the Pharisees, the righteousness that they had wasn't one where you're like patting yourself on the back. It was this false righteousness where they thought they were good. They thought they were covered. You know, they knew the law. They did sacrifices. They were good. They're just waiting you know, for this Messiah to come back. But Jesus says, I've not come for the people who are righteous and who think they're good. Like, I'm coming to sit. I'm coming to involve my life with these people that have been hated in society. I've come to sit with Matthew and his friends. The Pharisees do what we tend to do, to divide the world, right? It's us versus them. It's good versus bad. And Jesus tells them, you're wrong. Like, you've got it wrong. I come to eat with sinners. That's what I'm here to do. Go and learn what this means. You've got it wrong about God. You've got it wrong about the coming Messiah because I come to sit with these people. And I was in high school once, not that long ago, actually, 
And so I know that you probably have these same scenarios happening around you, right? There's probably a group of people that maybe you're the person in the room that is saying, man, I would never associate with these people. I would never talk to them, I'd never hang out with them. Do you know what they did? Cheated on their math test? Are you kidding? You know what they do on weekends? Do you know how they talk to their mom? I don't know if y'all say that, but you should. I bet you're all thinking of a group of people like, no, they're the, they're the bad people. See me, I, I've grown up in church. I, I know the Bible. I do a, a Bible reading plan and, and I serve on Sundays and I'm, and I'm good. And the, these people, I wonder if sometimes you catch yourself thinking, and I'm talking to a specific pers- people in the room, that maybe you have a hard time understanding the truth that, that Jesus would come and sit at their table, that he would come and invite this type of person into a life with him. Maybe you're the type of person that would say, can't believe you would do that. Can't believe they would do that. But it's really hard to tell that same person if that's your mindset, like, man, Jesus would have nothing to do with them. It's really hard to be like, no, actually, Jesus runs to someone like you. Jesus runs and sits and invites himself into your life. Or maybe you're the other person in the room that you're like, man, I just can't catch a break. I just keep messing up and I try so hard and I I keep saying and doing the things that I don't want to do. Jesus sits with you. Because no amount of trying to be better, no amount of scripture memorized, if it's not transforming you, no amount of that is gonna save you because what saves you is Jesus. He says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And mercy is a characteristic of God. In the Old Testament, it seems like mercy is only for like God's covenant people. But the good news with Jesus is that mercy is now like one of his main missions. Like Jesus doesn't just go into the world without mercy. He is mercy. And so he goes and he extends the offer and not even here. Like Matthew's like, come to my house. And Jesus is like, I'm going to. Because Jesus sits with people that need him and that recognize they need him. So tonight, my challenge would be what, like, what do you do when people fail? Are you the person that is just like, are you kidding? Or are you the person that is like, Jesus sits with you? And you know why I know Jesus sits with you? Because Jesus sits with me. Because what do you do when you fail? Are like, dang it, I'll just try, I'll try better next time. Or do you remind yourself, no, Jesus is for me. Jesus came to redeem me. Jesus wants to invite me into a life with him. Here's the really incredible thing that I learned while studying this, was Matthew's conversion comes right in between three miracles before and three miracles after. And Matthew, the gospel writer, writing to people 
to say, hey, I know who the Messiah is, the one that we've been waiting for, it's Jesus, he's the king that we have been waiting for, he would know that his Jewish readers and listeners, they would perk up, like, there are seven things that just happened here. And Matthew's conversion, Matthew's invitation to follow Jesus, to leave everything behind and sit with him and enjoy a life with him comes right in between three miracles. And I wonder if maybe it's because he sees his own conversion, he sees his own invitation into a life with Jesus as a miracle. Because this Jesus who comes and totally turns things around for these people that no one would have liked, totally turns it around and says, actually, you're the people that I, I want to do life with. You're the people that I want in my kingdom. I wonder if he thought, like, that is a miracle that Jesus would invite me in. And here's the good news. Jesus would invite each and every one of you in. And Jesus would invite me in. And Jesus would sit with us because Jesus eats with sinners. Jesus comes for sinners. Jesus comes for the hated. Jesus comes for the disliked. Jesus comes for those that are marginalized. And he says, just come and do life with me. Learn under me. Listen to my teaching. The good news is, Jesus would eat with us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, Matthew's story. Thank you for just being better than um, we can imagine. Thank you for transforming us and renewing us. God, I pray that you would help us um, in our conversations with our friends and in our own minds, that you would help us um, understand how much a gift it is to follow you. And Father, that you would help us talk about it, help us invite other people in like Matthew did. Help us invite other people to know who you are. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christchurch, visit us online at cco.church.